Hi, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Retail Podcast by Bureau.ai. I'm Pratika Anand, and I'm your new host. With over 30 episodes in three years, the Retail Podcast by Bureau.ai is a hub for all things retail and technology. Ranked as one of the top 10 retail podcasts to listen to, we speak to leaders in retail that are consistently pushing the needle and at the center of innovation. Today, we're putting the spotlight on Ayutan Dirafai. He's the CEO and co-founder of Jindaya, a luxury, people-powered e-commerce marketplace based out of Africa. With a mission to democratize luxury, they empower diverse designers through culture and community. Jandaya is also the first platform to prioritize continental African shoppers, and they've certainly opened up new markets for luxury designers. As a former investment banker turned fashion entrepreneur, Ayatunde is here with us to share his journey, things that have helped him along the way in building Jandaya, as well as his vision for the future of e-commerce in Africa. With that, I'd like to introduce you to today's guest. Welcome, Ayatunde, and it's very nice to have you here with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Kritika. Uh, thanks for having me on UAI. Um, excited to speak and um, answer all your questions. Great. I think we can jump right in. So let's start with the year that's gone by. From a business perspective, so much has happened across industries. I think right now Africa's e-commerce sector is experiencing a huge boom. In fact, the industry is estimated to be about $19.8 billion with Further reports coming in from McKinsey stating that these figures are set to grow up to $930 billion by 2025. And I think that's a huge opportunity. It seems like Jenaya kickstarted the journey at the right time. So we're curious to know how the idea of Jendaya came about. Um, can you tell us a bit more about Jendaya and your journey with the company to date? Of course. So, you know, you, you set the scene perfectly in the sense that We've, we've, we've launched at the right time and e-commerce on the continent is um, growing at a steady and consistent rate. Um, specifically, you know, as you mentioned, for general everyday goods, so like the Amazons of the continent, and also specifically for luxury, right? Luxury is also benefiting from that e-commerce boom on the continent. And so for us, the idea actually started in 2017, where, you know, like myself and a lot of my friends, you know, we have family who on the continent love luxury have the taste level have the have the funds to be able to spend on luxury but they never buy it when they're at home in Nigeria in, in Ghana they would rather wait to come here or send us their, their cousins their nephews their nieces to go and reserve or buy or exchange things for them um, in whether that is in the UK or in Dubai or in New York and so my auntie came as she does about six to ten times a year <laughs> And um, that, that summer, she, she, before she arrived, she asked me to exchange a gift my uncle had bought for her. So I just asked the question that why doesn't she just do this from Lagos? You know, why does she have to wait till she gets here or send me? And she kind of just brushed her off, like, you know, it's just a dumb thing. It's what they do. Nobody really shops luxury online in, in, in Nigeria or in Africa. And so that started the, 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 the kind of the pursuit for the answers. Like, why don't people shop luxury on the continent? why you know what is it and and we came to find that it was a few things one being the 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 cost the time it takes to worry about authenticity you know and just the the the, the, the experience of, of shopping luxury whilst you're on the continent and all those elements are big deals and things that we take for granted because we have so many options in the west to shop for luxury online so many outlets 
And we forget that the everyday things that we take for granted when shopping luxury online. So things like not having to worry about authenticity or the experience or the time or added uh, or overt costs or, you know, extra costs. You know, we take those things for granted, but those are all the things that they're worried about when they, you know, are thinking of buying something luxury on the continent when they're back home. And so that started the the, 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 the kind of pursuit of, of the knowledge that we did our primary research, we collected some secondary research and, you know, started building on the company. And in 2018, we entered a competition with the University of Monaco, an annual competition they do for luxury startups. We reached the semi-finals. And then we were like, look, you know, there's definitely some legs here. <laughs> and we want to make Jindaya a, a, full, a fully fledged startup. Um, and so that gave us the confidence we needed. It also made us work on our business plan and our pitch deck. And we've been growing from there. So for a year and a half, we were a content-only website because for us, Jindaya is um, the mix of is a good mix of content and commerce. So for a year and a half, we were a content-only website. It helped us to build consumer trust. It helped us to build industry trust. We got some uh, angel investment. We also got a few um, press placements, which helped us really solidify who we are and give our peers and customer an idea of what we were doing and build that trust with them. And in December um, 2021, we launched our invite-only e-commerce pilot with an invite-only um, selection of shoppers, mainly from Nigeria, Ghana, the US and the UK, and um, from all, all over the world, actually, but major uh, mainly from those countries. And we've been seeing, you know, e-commerce activity since. Um, alongside that, we've had some placements and billboards in Nigeria, in Paris, we're going to have them in Milan and South Africa and New York um, and Accra, Ghana, the rest of the year coming. And, um, you know, we've, we're going to be engaging in a lot of activities. So whether that is, you know, um, you know, fashion week parties, we just did one for London Fashion Week, whether that is exclusive capsule collections with some big brands, which I can't announce yet, or whether that's just, you know, offline activations with other brands. We're doing a lot to engage our customer in this pilot year um, and we hope to raise our seed round um, in the summer so that's kind of the journey and kind of yeah where we've been um, with Jindera. Fantastic that's a really cool story and like you'd mentioned right um, I think fashion retailers across the globe are empowering themselves and acting very promptly to meet the ever-evolving consumer needs and to think of it, Jendaya is very much like a shopper's haven where they can walk into a space and everything is under one roof. And in this case, everything is under one digital roof. Um, this is certainly yeah. an ideal avenue for African designers to market and sell their products globally, especially as the competition is growing in the luxury sector. So can you tell us a bit more about how you address some of the pain points of distance shopping while also putting the spotlight on some of the local talent across the continent? Perfect. I think, you know, we like to describe Jindera as the, as the luxury e-commerce platform for the global citizen, Africa included. So when we say Africa included, it, it highlights that element that Africa is the core of our strategy and Africa is the core consumer. African luxury consumers are the core consumers where we are addressing, but yet we're a global company. We can shop all over the world. Now, specifically for that African consumer, the pain points that we're solving and the pain points that I mentioned, if we kind of like touch on them. So let's talk about the, um, the worry of authenticity. Jendaya partners with global multi-brand boutiques and the brands directly themselves. 
So it doesn't get more authentic than that. There is no worry or concern for our customers and the consumer um, about authenticity because we can trace and we know exactly where all our items are coming from. That's one. Secondly, the experience. We feel and we know that we are currently the only Africa-focused luxury e-commerce company. And when I say Africa-focused, I don't mean the net supporters and the far-fetches. I mean completely and with an internal strategy and solutions for Africa that have uh, that are dedicated to being at that same global level and standard when it comes to luxury e-commerce. You take one look at our, our website, although we're a pilot company, you know, where we're still a pilot company and we'll be growing this year, you can see the branding, the effort that's been put in the branding, the effort that's been put into the UI, the UX. You know, we want our customers to feel like, wow, this is for us. And it is at the standard of the net supporters, of the matches, of the essence, of the far-fetches. You know, we want, we've, done that intentionally even in this pilot because we want that experience that visual experience and that 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 consumer journey to be at an a1 level that they experience that we experience around the world you know or they experience when they're in the west thirdly when we talk about logistics and delivery times and, um, and costs currently we are subsidizing the delivery costs to uh, give up our customers that a fair price to pay when it comes to delivery we're working with our, our logistics partners to make sure it's a maximum of seven days to get items into Africa, wherever our pilot consumers are ordering from. So that's another thing we're doing. Fourthly, what we're doing is actually, as you rightly said, putting all those goods under one roof. So for the local talent, they have an extra platform where they can, you know, where they can generate revenue for their business. Whereas before, they weren't as cool, they weren't as popular, they weren't as in demand. And so it's always been about the Western brands, you know, being on every single luxury e-commerce platform, obviously positively impacting their bottom line. But now African designers have us to go to, as well as any other luxury e-commerce platform that will give them a chance to sit on their platform. So we're giving that opportunity um, for those, for those um, African brands and the local talent. But also what, what's happening is we're giving them brand parity they're sitting next to the Givenchy's, the Lanvans, the Balenciagas, the Casablancas, the Areas, the Herbalagers, the, you know, any brand that you can think of, the Balmain, they're on there side by side with them. So our customer on the continent, who we've described them as having a third culture, they like to mix the Tokyo James with a Balenciaga or Casablanca um, with a Abiola or Lushola or Rich Minty with a Balmain, um, you know, they want to have that mix and that's how they shop. And that is why our curation is specifically has that breadth and has that depth and has that diversity. And so it, it's perfect for our customers sitting on the continent. And now, as I said, because Zendaya is a global company serving the global luxury lover, still at the end of the day, whether you, you are African in the West or whether you're not, or even if you're not, when you go on Jendaya, you might go on there to discover one of the brands that you've not heard of before, maybe because you've seen it in an article we've covered or you've seen it on our social media. But whilst you're there picking up a Velvier or a brand that you've discovered, you're also like, oh, my gosh, I can buy my, you know, I can buy my Axel Arigato's hair. I can buy my, you know, um, I can buy that brand that, you know, is, is popular that you're, you, you're familiar with already. You can buy it on Jendaya, you know, so that is the beauty of it. You know, that breadth, even that breadth and the range, even though it's been curated because of our African uh, continent, continental African consumer, it works perfectly for the consumer sitting in the West. So that is how we've, we've been addressing those pain points.
Wow, that is some great stuff. And I think two points really stood out for me from what you just said. One is trust and the trust aspect almost seems to be the epicenter of any luxury shopping experience, right? And obviously, it's not just the way a product is packaged or sent to customers. It's also about okay, every yeah. single touch point in the shopping journey or whether it's how they discover an item, how secure the payment process is, or how the authentication of the product itself is done. And I think all of that clearly seems to be a strong pillar that makes for a good shopping journey on your site. And the other point that I wanted to touch upon is the experience side of things. I think today, customer experience plays a very crucial role. Um, recently, I read somewhere that apart from the collections of local and international brands, you're also introducing exclusive capsule collections where shoppers will have the opportunity to enjoy personalized styling services. And I think that's pretty cool. And I also remember last week, I was browsing on the Jendaya site and some of your campaigns are extremely compelling and beautiful. You also focus a lot on being able to attract customers from that angle as well. To think of it in some way or the other, customer experience and technology go hand in hand. So what are some of the things that you do from a technology standpoint to really be able to consistently engage with your customers to make them come back for more? Amazing. Yeah, no, that's it. I mean, Again, uh, you've, you've done you've done the research and you know exactly um, the, what we're doing and how we intend to keep our customers engaged. But you know, just to dive into that a little bit more, we from our personal styling offering, what we we've done is we're working with an amazing company called Lux Luck out of um, New York, and they offer the technology that plugs into our our platform that allows our shoppers to speak with a personal stylist. So in that way, we're almost democratizing that idea of luxury and VIP clients are the only ones that have access, uh, have availability or accessibility or, or have a stylist accessible to them. Because you know how it is on a lot of the Western platforms, you know, you get the standard, which is a great service if you're shopping online. But if you're spending a certain amount, then you get allocated a stylist. But on Jindeo, being a Jindeo customer in this pilot, everyone is, 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 is able to opt in for one of our stylists on our team to give them styling suggestions, to you know, suggest how to wear things, how to pair things with items that we list on the platform. So that the company Lots Luck has been amazing to be able to give us that ability to provide that technology on our on our platform. So it, it just works as a simple chat widget, you know, and the stylist sits on the other side and you know sends through and can look at and styling different items we have and suggesting things and looking at what was in the customer's basket. And, and you know trying to style that that item for them also furthermore what happens is via that 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 tech plugin um items that we don't list on jindea um our, our pilot shoppers can also request that our stylist source them so as you can imagine if you want a birkin or if you want a a, a pair of air jordans which are an exclusive drop and that are so extremely hard to find our stylists can actually source that for you you know so you can either tell them over the chat or you can actually just submit an ISO, so insert of um, request on our on our special request page on our website, and you can upload the description. You can upload an image, and our stylists, one of our stylists slash personal shoppers, will be on that request for you to source that for you. So those are, I guess, those two ways that you know we're using technology and we're trying to engage and keep our customers coming back. Thirdly, as you mentioned, you know we we try to keep our campaign striking. You know. 
visuals is a big is a big is a bit is a, has a big part to play in selling luxury and, and convincing your your customer that you know how to curate you know what you're doing and you can aspire to an image and to look like you know that image we've put out so you know we we definitely have spent a lot of time effort and resources making sure that that curation of our imagery of our campaigns is 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 done um to a very high level um I guess, in, in, and as you rightly mentioned as well, you know, the capsule collections coming are, are, are intentionally done to keep our consumers, you know, sticky, to make them feel like, to feel special by being a part of our community that, oh, hey, I'm one of Jendaya's pilot invite-only customers. And because of that, I can, I can buy this capsule collection that's coming with this big brand that Jendaya has expertly curated or they're you know merging with another brand to make it exclusive pieces for available only on Jendaya. So it makes them feel special. It makes people want to sign up. It makes them want to to, to be able to experience and buy from that collection. So it's those are yeah the, I guess the, the the ways that we're that we're we're putting we're making our customers you know come back continue to come back. Absolutely. I think I can almost relate to everything that your shoppers must be experiencing okay, because yeah. this is something that we do at Bureau AI. Um, customer experience is something that is a priority for our customers and personalized styling services is one of them. Um, in fact, one of our product offerings, personalized styling recommendations, is completely driven by AI. And we actually help fashion retailers give their shoppers a really cool, chic, and personalized outfitting recommendations for every product that they choose. Well, um, in some interview, you would also mention that Jandaya is a discovery platform for shoppers to uncover some diverse luxury brands. Um, so there's a clear intention of giving the opportunity for shoppers to discover both foreign and local brands on the platform. And it almost requires a deep understanding of your customers to showcase the products that perfectly suit their needs, right? And in what ways are you tapping into that space and um, improving product discovery for your customers? And how do you think technology plays a role in that? Yeah, no, of course. I think for us, um, the most important thing is knowing your customer. So know your customer, as they say in, in, in finance, KYC. It's important even for e-commerce, right? And what, as I mentioned, when we started, we did a, um, a, a questionnaire with our customers to understand their pain points and what exactly it is that they want and from a platform if it was to serve them whilst they were on the continent and they wanted to access and buy luxury goods part of that questionnaire also did a deep dive into their favorite brands into brands they would like to see side by side into brands they would like to buy things um, whilst they're on the continent both western and international and and homegrown african luxury brand or premium brands and so that is the way we've been able to build out our list in terms of the brands that we would like to list on Jandaya and curate from on Jandaya. Because one thing we do is, yes, we onboard a brand, yes, we onboard a multi-brand boutique, but what we do is curate the items that we actually list because those items reflect the, the styles and the tastes of the customers and the customer profiles we've identified will be shopping on the platform. So we've been doing that manually, but based on like, you know, a uh, 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 kind of a tactile sort of relationship with our customer that we've profiled because we understand that customer. And in some cases, actually, myself, my co-founders and people on our team, we are that customer. So we've been doing that from the very able to, you know, make that more into a machine or make that more automated in that in the way that we curate and we style and we and we list and we go after 
brands and boutiques that we want to onboard in relation to what we know of our customer. So right now it's a very, I would say manual and very, but a manual and personal process, which is good, we're in the early stages. So that actually makes it more special. And as we grow, we, we hope that curation and that, that element of, you know, putting together brands will become a, a bit more automated. Absolutely. That's quite interesting. And we're very excited to see how you scale the discovery aspect on your side. While we've spoken about the launch and its success, I'd also like to touch upon some of the shortcomings. With the pandemic, a lot of consumers have turned into e-commerce and online shopping. You know, it's interesting how US and Chinese giants like Amazon and AliExpress have attempted to break into the African market, but they've almost been put out because of the logistical issues or hefty import duties to name a few. And this is specifically for foreign players. And for local players, creating a reliable one-stop hub for shopping in Africa certainly wouldn't have been easy in a pandemic. So tell us how, so tell us about some of the challenges you've had to overcome while preparing towards your official launch last year. Yeah, so, I mean, it's been interesting because the whole journey in Jindera, we've been learning and learning a lot during the time we've been building, right? So even when we we were a content-only platform. We use that opportunity to actually understand exactly the gap we were filling in the market and how we wanted to position ourselves, in, you know, within you know the market and actually understand exactly how we were going to do what we were going to, what we outlined to do and our objectives and understanding if that that actually met the needs of our customer. So for us, um, last year specifically, you know, Black Lives Matter also was a big you know, a, a big, a big um, occurrence in the year. And so what it actually did for us was allow us to actually connect with a lot of senior, you know, individuals in the fashion industry because they were actually looking for ethnic minority entrepreneurs in the fashion, in the fashion, um, in the fashion world to back and to support and to help. And that allowed us to be able to pick their brains and, and understand their years experience in terms of how we would, you know, overcome issues like logistics, which is a big issue for African e-commerce, right? And understand issues, you know, um, actually how do we con con uh, con con convince brands to actually want to take a bet on Africa? Because everyone understands that they have the safe level and the fund, but it's a very opaque market where the, the data points aren't actually, you know, as concrete and as predictable. So, you know, it, we, we were able to then tap into senior members of, of, the, of the fashion community because they were actually looking for, for unrepresented entrepreneurs and, and help and assist us. So in that way, we were able to then find uh, more logistical partners outside of DHL, who we currently need, um, to, to kind of um, pilot with them in order to get goods to our customers on the continent. Without um, the, those introductions, we would probably be, you know, stuck. We would probably be, you know, still, you know, figuring out exactly what our logistics and operation solution would be. And during that time, we were also able to add members to our team, actually, who know the continent very well and were actually able to provide us with these solutions and suggestions that we hadn't even thought of, especially around logistics, which is very important. Like, for example, with customs on the on the continent it's not very structured it's very you know it's very as and when those costs can't really be predicted and so we've actually now been able to devise a solution which at least gives our customers some color on that and gives them some peace of mind when they're ordering from the continent in terms as as it pertains to customs um so that's you know those are the ways we've, we've been able to kind of like you know circumvent some of the issues during the pandemic 
and then other things as well. I think, you know, funding, raising funding is difficult for any startup, you know, and I think when you talk about the continent of Africa, the rage at the moment is fintech, is agri-tech, is health tech, you know, even though, as you rightly mentioned, retail tech is growing at an exponential rate and Jumio is actually one of the only, you know, one of the few, not only, but one of the few um, unicorns on the continent, right? But yet, nobody's really interested in, in investing in retail tech on the continent, despite the obvious facts, right? And so, again, even though during the pandemic where e-commerce was booming and a lot of brands globally were actually spending more money on their e-commerce operations, um, you know, it was actually difficult to raise funds. And so what we had to do is actually look at actually gaining and adding more, you know, impressive names to our advisory board, to our team, to convince angel investors to, you know, write those checks. And that really helped us kind of be buoyant and get through the pandemic in the sense that people are actually, you know, willing to write, invest in our pre-seed and um, give us the funds to figure things out. So, you know, it was, it was a interesting year but you know it helped us actually get better wow that sounds like a journey and it looks like you're definitely going in the right direction amazing so we're at the end of our podcast and one final question for you Jandai is certainly on the path to becoming the leading player of luxury fashion in Africa, you know, from providing a clear route for international luxury companies into Africa and empowering African luxury brands into successful online businesses. You're doing it all. And clearly this is setting some new standards. So tell us, how do you plan on revolutionizing the next generation luxury fashion experience in Africa and beyond? I think, um, I think for us, then the main thing is just getting it right. Getting it right for us looks like, you know, allowing customers when they're on the continent to have the peace of mind and knowing that when they want to shop luxury, they can come to Jandera. And maybe as in, we hope as the number one option, but even maybe if they already have an existing way, they're shopping luxury, which we know there's a few, which is, as I said, right at the beginning, sending their cousins, nephews and nieces in the, um, in the West to reserve and buy things for them. Or if they're using a personal shopper, we want them to actually be a viable second option for them. That's how we know we've gotten it right, because at the moment, luxury shopping on the continent is very is opaque, even though it happens in the millions, in the millions of, of revenue um, contributing to that to that bottom line, which is you know in in over the last year, the total personal luxury goods spent has been around four hundred and five billion. You know, in terms of personal luxury goods spending, um, Africa is contributing about. 5.6 billion to that luxury spend. Um, but uh, this also includes cars and all other elements of luxury. But the idea that you know luxury e-commerce like we have in the West um, to be at the same level um, is how we know we've really revolutionized and we've really cracked what luxury e-commerce looks like in on, on the continent of Africa. Because as I said, for a lot of brands, they're very skeptical of going onto the continent because it's opaque. They're aware of the value and the wealth and how much people are currently spending in total on luxury. But specifically on luxury apparel, it, it seems quite opaque. So for us, when we can show that data and we can actually show that on Jandera and people are saying that, 
actually and we're scaling that data we're scaling those data points in terms of the average order value of baskets in terms of the profiles of customers shopping in terms of the offline events that we're doing and in terms of actually the contracts that we're getting from brands to execute strategies or activations with them for our customers offline when we can consistently show that data that would look like us that is how we know we successfully revolutionized what luxury e-commerce looks like on the continent so we're at the beginning phases of that and we're getting you know we're confirming some B2B contracts, we're confirming brands on the, on the platform, people are buying, but we are scaling that to a way where we can, you know, you know, show that it's, you know, no longer opaque and it's very clear, you know, that that is how we, we look to revolutionize, um, you know, uh, luxury e-commerce on the continent. So it's a work in progress, but we're excited to take on that, that challenge and we're excited to take on the, the journey. And we, and we, and, you know, as, as it always goes, Africa is usually the final frontier um, where, where, where um, you know, industries tend to focus on last, you know, and that's the same with luxury e-com, you know, luxury e-com is, is growing in, is, you know, is, is already settled and uh, secure in the West, it's been growing in Asia, it's growing in the Middle East, and, you know, it's growing, you know, everywhere else, Africa will be the last place everyone comes to, but Jendaya is going out there to show that it can be done, and it is, and it is viable, it is sustainable, it is very clear, and we know that, you know, those companies will come soon and, and, and actually see that Zendaya has been able to do it the right way. And just to give you some like context here, um, in terms of the growth of, of, of growth of luxury, um, luxury e-com spending and luxury e-com around the world, Africa has the second fastest compound annual growth rate in terms of luxury spending growth um, after the Middle East, you know, just after the Middle East. So, you know, we know, we know it's all possible and we're, we're deploying the resources and the time to, to get that right. Fantastic. That's an interesting point there. And your story is definitely not a lift and shift of the existing global luxury e-commerce playbook, right? Clearly, you're redefining what it means to be a diverse luxury brand marketplace in today's age. And we've got a first-hand understanding of the nuanced nature of luxury e-commerce from you. And it's truly really interesting to hear what it takes to successfully run an online marketplace in Africa and create an unrivaled digital experience. Um, we're definitely going to be rooting for you from this corner and watching what Jendaya does this year. And yeah, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Ayutin Day. It was great having you. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoyed being here. Thank you for all the questions. <laughs> really insightful. We're glad. To get your monthly dose on all things retail and technology, subscribe to the Retail Podcast by Bureau.ai and be sure to tune in to our next episode. Until then, see you. Bye.